0: May the words of our mouths and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God, for you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning. Our scripture this morning is focused right up front in the service by a collect that reminds us the God we worship shows almighty power, chiefly by showing mercy even pity, and then it prays that we might run to be partakers of earthly promise and heavenly treasure. And then our lessons give us examples of how that might occur. First, there's Jeremiah in that reading with all those names. It frames the situation for us. Jeremiah is facing failure, imprisonment, war, and deportation. And he invests his earthly riches in buying family land that the besieging army is actually camped on. It is an affirmation of the continuing promises of the God Jeremiah worships, the God who has given his people the land And Jeremiah keeps it as a future family heritage. He invests in the faithfulness of God's promises and a return of the people of God to their promised land. And then we have the gospel, which benefits a bit from some wrestling. Now, parables, especially in the Gospel of Luke, can be taken at least two ways. They can be simple earthly stories with a moral teaching and can also be seen, scholars suggest, as ways in which their master communicates secrets about the kingdom of God already in their midst to the disciples. When the parable is seen as a moral teaching, someone in the Wednesday Bible class suggested this parable is like Dickens a Christmas carol, where Ebenezer Scrooge is given a vision of what his own behaviors have done or failed to do, so that he may change his ways, can celebrate a new life in joyful relationship and mutual blessings. I would suggest as well that if this kingdom of God is a secret of this parable, it's also a puzzle for disciples about how to further incarnate the love of God on earth and beyond. It is about who their master is and what his mission amounts to and what God calls these disciples to do. And it's a puzzle that traditional Pharisaic believers of the time would have been unable to put down for it challenges so many of their beliefs. Now, when we read the Gospel of Luke, straight through, all along. Just a few paragraphs ago, we'll remember that the Pharisees have been grumbling about the people that Jesus is associating with. And so they have heard several parables, specifically about the Good Shepherd, whose mission it is to seek all the lost. And Jesus goes on to tell them of the prodigal joy of the God who runs to seek the lost and who celebrates those who are found or who return. These grumbling Pharisees are ensnared by beliefs which keep them in charge. And they would have thrown up their hands at today's parable in which Lazarus, who is not one of the righteous by their standards, Lazarus is actually gathered into the comfort of their father Abraham by God's angels, no less. In this parable, Jesus is using the Pharisees' own concept of what they call Sheol, the place they believe that each and every mortal goes after death to await God's final judgment upon them. It's a place where they say, Abraham, the father of their faith, comforts the righteous while they wait. And it's a place where there's a wild, wide chasm between the righteous and the unrighteous. It is the Pharisaic, concept of hell, or what some have called purgatory. Jesus attempts to lead them to see that perhaps these grumblers have missed the point. Abraham, the father of their religion, was called by God to give no sacrifice. They do not remember that God promised to keep the descendants of Abraham in life, and to keep God's promises that these very descendants will become great in earthly number. Grumblers have also missed the main point that Hebrew names have meanings, and that the beggar's name, which is Lazarus, translate into God helps God helps indeed. So the parable is not about death or judgment, but about life and mercy. Not about sacrifice, but about service and a loving God. It is the good news that the gates of heaven are open to all. And so we find in this parable the secret of the God incarnate mission. To seek the lost, to shepherd all us imperfect humans, to invite us to celebrate the comfort of belovedness. Now, I remember that when I went to seminary, my favorite professor was fond of saying, Now, if you believe anybody's religion, salvation is a gift already given by a loving God. The only way you can miss it is to refuse to accept it. But, he would say, some people are going to refuse it because they wouldn't want to live that way. They are, he suggested, like the rich man in today's reading, who thinks he has lost all of the things that bring him life and comfort, and they will have to learn that there are things that they can take with them. Or, also, for any of us like Lazarus, who don't think we can do it all by ourselves, some of us are going to give great thanks to those angels. There is comfort for us all in those words from Psalm 91 that we read this day. I'll begin with one verse of the same psalm we didn't read, and it goes like this. I will give my angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. I will deliver those bound to me in love. When called, I will answer. I will rescue and bring them to honor. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them salvation. This is the good news for disciples. And as disciples, all religions tell us we are called to give thanks to God and to care for one another. Later, our closing hymn will remind us we are called to be aware of those times when each one of us can be an angel for one another, each bringing that assurance of comfort and new life that awaits us. Now, this is the focus of this year at Calvary Church, and we're invited to be gathered into calling by the quote, from frederick beekner who has said the place god calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's hunger meet there're certainly examples of this that we know in life i think of andrew carnegie the scottish immigrant who grew up in abject poverty and who needed, for his own earthly comfort, to work to amass a great fortune. Yet he ever remembered that his efforts had been blessed, and he used his wealth to bless his country with over 1,600 libraries, beautiful buildings open to all, true sanctuaries. Such a calling can be seen as the need to find God in one's own entire history, to see that even the painful awareness of human need and limitation can be used to bless oneself and others. It is, I think, a calling to put into this world something each one of us believes is so critical to be there, available for godly life, that we are willing, if necessary, to put it out there ourselves, willing to go into partnership with the God who wishes to bless all lives to do that. As blessings and gifts and talents are different for each and every one of us, what we're called to do to affect the future of humanity can be different for each and every one. Good parenting begets good parenting. Simple acts of kindness beget more kindness. As those who can see and hear become aware of what mercy and compassion can inspire. According to today's gospel, we claim our own humanity and, in the midst of our limitation and need, acknowledge that we are blessed, given life and kept in it, and in comfort by gifts of unearned as well as earned blessings. And all are called to share the joy it brought us. We do not have to do it all ourselves. This church has examples of past endeavors, like feeding whomever is hungry in our own kitchen down the hill with whatever God seems miraculously to provide in the midst of a hurricane, or bringing a single meal to a parishioner, with a transient physical difficulty. These are extensions of the blessings provided for us all at this table, freely given with an invitation that we are each to take true nourishment into our own hands and lives and bless the world with it. Again, we don't have to do it all ourselves or by ourselves. We only need to be willing in whatever way brings us joy and thanksgiving and comfort. We are to be partners with this God who truly wishes a beloved people to continue mercy and compassion. A God who invites us to step forward take this continued blessing into our hands and to remember that in whatever human condition we find ourselves in, we are promised that angels will be there for us now and forever. Amen.